All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast, Paris, Texas, the podcast. I have a new guest. This is another one of the guests that I actually don't know anything about. So this is going to be a fun experience learning more about her and just hearing her story, which I love hearing people's story. Rebecca Peavy, am I saying mm-hmm. it? You Rebecca, are. Um, Rebecca is a friend of mine. We've done a few things together. Uh, yes. We're working on a project currently together. We are. Um, um, and I'm excited that you're on my podcast. I'm, I think I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this goes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, okay, let's just go right off the gate. Where are you from? Um, okay, so I'm actually from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, cool. So, yeah, a lot of people kick me when they hear that. No. So, because they were like, why did you leave? And I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've been in New Mexico many times. It's, it's a very artsy. It is. Like, state, right? It is. Like, the whole state is very artsy, but then Santa Fe is kind of like the melting pot, and that's where, like, you see everything. There is... I mean, there's a lot of Hispanics and Native American culture there, mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of, we kind of joke, we, like, you know, um, Santa Feans, they joke about the Californians come in and kind of try to take it over as well. So we have a lot of just everything. Like, it's nothing to see crazy stuff um, in Santa Fe, but the cultures are, the mixes of cultures are very cool too. I grew up, my parents' uh, uh, RV camp. And okay. We, we drive all over the place, and mm-hmm. one of I, I'm pretty sure one of their favorite places to go is Red River, New Mexico. Oh yeah, oh that's beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful area. Um, I love the area up there. It's like art just everywhere. It is not and like art like the, the no beauty of where yeah you're, the landscape so, is gorgeous, and there's there's different there's different parts of New Mexico. Like you have the desert, but then you also have the mountains, and you have the the rock and it's just yeah i love it i love it of course being in being in santa fe growing up in santa fe there you're at a foot of a mountain mm-hmm. and so i love mountains i love pine trees i love aspen which there's no aspen around here but i just yeah it just calls to you and then the food don't even get me started on the food the food's so much different than it is here but it's so good so good i, I remember the food in uh, red river was very very mm-hmm. good um, okay, so how long of your life were you in Santa Fe? I was born and raised there. I um, lived there until I was 18 and went off to college. And where'd you go to college? So, um, I went, so I had, of course, like everybody, you want to get out of wherever you grew yeah. up, even if it's in a beautiful spot. Um, I went to college at Oklahoma Baptist okay. University, so um, went over to Oklahoma. Awesome. And mm-hmm. so just did you just go to college there and then leave, or did you stay? Um, I went to college there and then ended up... Um, I met my first husband there in college, and oh. so his job moved us down to southeast Oklahoma, and then I've kind of trickled on down into Texas. Uh, what, what was your major? So my first major was um, biology. I was going to go cool. into veterinary science and everything, um, but my second semester chemistry professor had a talk and told me that that probably wasn't the best career for me since I wasn't doing... I was. I wasn't doing awful in chemistry, but I was making a D, and mm-hmm. in his mind, that wasn't going to cut it. Um, and so from there, I went into psychology and then ended up with a criminal justice degree. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much the, uh, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none? Yes, yes, oh yes. A little bit of everything, but not so great at anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I the, feel I'm, like I'm that way. I'm that guy. <laughs> Um, awesome. So, okay, so you, college, you got married, you kind of 
did you trickle down to Texas? What about time frame did you make it to Texas? Um, let's see. So I ended up, um, I worked as a child protective service worker in Oklahoma for mm-hmm. a while, for about three, four years. And then about, goodness, about 13, 14 years ago, I came over to Paris um, because I was hired, hired at the Children's Advocacy Center, which is where awesome. I am now. Awesome. And so, yeah, literally came here because of a job. Oh, cool. So. Um, when you when you were thinking of getting into, because uh, I know you switched a lot for your majors and stuff, but when you were mm-hmm. thinking of getting into this kind of stuff, like what drove you for that? Weirdly enough, um, it kind of found me. So I was finishing up my degree. I wasn't quite certain what I wanted to do, but um, my the the lady that was then that was going to be my boss later on um she was a cps supervisor she had heard about me just through friends and um everybody and so she came to the little gift store i was working at and talked me into applying for an internship for child protective services which i was like i've never really heard of this this was not something i really wanted to do i wasn't certain if i wanted to do it she said just try it so you weren't volunteering somewhere? You no, weren't like involved? No, she in came the... and like found me and talked me into being an intern. Mm-hmm. So I go and do an intern um, there at the Child Protective Service offices and then went and became an investigator from there and just, so it sort of found me in a very weird way. That's awesome. So, yeah. So you, uh, sorry, so you uh, you picked a couple things that you really wanted to do and then the thing you yes. ended up doing found you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because nothing that I'd picked had worked. Yeah, no. I, and I'd always thought, okay, social work will be interesting. And then when I was in college, I did um, an internship with a drug court, which was really, really interesting. And mm-hmm. so I thought, okay, that might be more the direction I'm going in. CPS was never on my radar. Child abuse, working with, you know, this field, never on my radar. Crazy. But it definitely, yeah. They came and found me. Crazy. Um, so, okay, just staying in college for a little bit longer. Did you, so you, you majored in those things. Did you do any sports? Did you do any extra, like, theater work or anything like that? In college, no. I did, um, I worked. Where did you work? <laughs> so, um, well, I worked at the country club um, up in the town that I was going to school in. So, um, waitressed up there, um, bartended. Actually, that's where I spent my 21st birthday. So it was at a big golf tournament that we worked and um, ended up bartending that night. That was my present for my <laughs> 21st birthday. I thought, thanks. Um, and then just worked as a server and a bartender through college. Awesome. So, yeah. You enjoyed yeah. all that? Yeah. I mean, obviously it paid the bills. Paid so, the bills, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I, a job. I waited tables for years. <laughs> yeah. Through my, I didn't ever go to college, but through my college age, mm-hmm. like I would. I was a waiter for a lot of that. Yeah, I'd done a lot of that in high school at the very Mm -hmm. end. Um, And so it just, and I remember my stepdad had once told me, if you can, if you have, if you can know how to wait tables, you'll have a job anytime. True. So. True. That works. Okay. So, all right. So you trickled down into Paris because you Mm -hmm. got a job at the CAC. Yes. Um, What was your first impression of Paris, Texas? Paris? Oh my goodness. I didn't know what to think. Um, Of course, being in being from Santa Fe, it's very different mm-hmm. city than even other cities. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was very small, <laughs> um, but I liked it. I um, I thought it was neat. I thought it was neat how everyone was related to each other. It was a little intimidating True. because of that, because everyone is related to everybody else. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it was a neat, a neat town, and I'm glad I 
I found my way here. Because yeah, <laughs> awesome. I can't imagine living anywhere else now. Yeah, I, it, it grows on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this, and I and I, I think it's gotten mis, misinterpreted a few times, but like growing up here, mm-hmm. like as a kid, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was Paris itself. I think it was me and the lack of like experience in the creative like my I didn't find my creative person until I left that makes sense um, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was Paris's fault I think I just didn't find it so I was mm-hmm. I was like um, I had like this creative block inside of me and I just couldn't express yeah. myself yeah. and couldn't figure out who I was yeah and, um, and it took me kind of leaving Paris and seeing some of the other places to find the love that I had for mm-hmm. Paris I, I, I think that's definitely true. I mean, even that's why I said like people kick me when they realize I'm from Santa Fe because now I know it. I see it. Mm -hmm. I, I love going back at the time. I just wanted to get out of there and figure out who I was. And I didn't want to be one of those kids that just stayed in town and Mm -hmm. did nothing with their life. And so it's no matter where you grow up. I think it's that way for everybody is like, you can't really figure out who you are, who you are meant to be until you kind of get out of that comfort zone i know it's probably scary for a parent because my kids aren't old enough for me to be worried about this but like i would suggest kids coming out of high school to travel mm-hmm. at least a little bit get oh, out yeah. of your city get out of your state yes i mean uh, and a lot of them join military and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they're able to travel but like even if that's not your direction like go and you know take a, a semester and travel mm-hmm. a little bit i um, think so there's a lot of awesome programs that that you can work for and travel. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think you can find like things that you probably wouldn't have thought of mm-hmm. if you had stayed here. And don't get me wrong. I love Paris, Texas, and I want you to come back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, but yeah. But uh, like, go out and find that thing you love, and then bring it back to Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and open up a door that people in Paris haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I get off onto me sometimes. No, um, well, like I told you, I'm before we started. Like I'm more the, I'm more the interviewer. <laughs> so my natural inclination is like, tell me more about that. Tell and me. yeah, <laughs> so I'm uh, not good with the hot seat. All right, tell us a little bit about CAC uh, uh, here in Paris. Okay, so um, Children's Advocacy Center. We're a nonprofit organization. We work with law enforcement and child protective services in the DA's office like in their investigation of kids, Mm -hmm. so in child abuse cases. So we create a team approach that really works those cases together as a team instead of each agency doing their own individual thing and not talking and sharing information. Um, And then we're also the the neutral child-friendly place that the kids come to do those those services or those items that need to happen as through that investigation. So somebody needs to talk with the child we do what's called a forensic interview and and just basically let that child tell their story of what what happened to them Um, from there we can do therapy we can do medical exams we can do various other services that they might need awesome um and actually my so my son if for listeners that may not know has does Mm -hmm. um he does he's seven and he does uh youtube videos where he goes and he uh kind of like uh, shed some light on different places in Paris that you can either go or you can visit or that are nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teamed up last year with United Way and went to all the different um, organizations that were under United Way, well, as many as that we could. Um, and you guys, last mm-hmm. year we got to come and visit, and uh, Liam got to tour the yeah, whole place. And so fun. it was really cool um, 
There's a couple places that he really liked. There's a, a real, the interview room was yes. really cool. Yeah, it um, was. And you have like cameras and he's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously into cameras and, and microphones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. what's the room upstairs? At the attic? At the attic. It's the rainbow room. So that's where we have um, like new clothes and shoes and diapers and pretty much anything you can imagine. And that's, it was originally designed for children going into foster care to kind of get them through those first couple of days. Because Mm -hmm. usually kids don't come with a packed bag. They're not, I mean, many times kids literally go into the foster care system with whatever they had on at school that day. Mm -hmm. And so... CPS workers were having to go, you know, stop by Walmart and get a toothbrush for the poor kid as, you know, just just to get him through the night. Um, And so that's how the Rainbow Room started was to get them a few items to get them through just, you know, until life could kind of calm down for a second and they can get more supplies. Um, But then also CPS will use it for if they're working with a family that needs cleaning supplies or they're working with a family that needs like a safe sleep Mm -hmm. space. Maybe there's co-sleeping with an infant and of course, that's a huge safe sleep issue. So um, we'll do pack and place for them. And anyway, it's kind of grown from there. But it's basically a resource for for kids and families in need. And I know Liam, and I'm sure every kid that walks up there just lights up. Mm-hmm. Their face lights up when they walk into that it room. It is. It's packed. Packed full. Um, it runs the whole length of the attic. And yeah, it's pretty fun. And especially we always, when we take donations and stuff, we, we always want it to be brand new with tags on it because mm-hmm. kids love ripping those tags off and knowing that nobody else has worn it. It's theirs and only theirs. So it is neat. That's it's fun. amazing. Now y'all have, I think I went last year, y'all have a, a, a fundraiser event every mm-hmm. year. What's that called? Mm-hmm. Soiree? Mm-hmm. Sweetheart Soiree. Sweet, sweetheart Soiree. Sweetheart Soiree. It's kind of a mouthful, especially when you add Children's Advocacy Center in with it. So, um, yes, it is coming up, um, goodness, February, oh, maybe soon. 9th. Yes, it's always the Saturday before Valentine's Day. Okay, okay. So, we always moves, kind of... then. It does. The date moves, but it's always that Saturday before Valentine's Day. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we'll start getting ready for it. Explain to people what what that's all about. So um, it's our only fundraiser. Okay. Um, It's basically our dinner, dance, gala type event. So Mm -hmm. we'll have a silent auction. We'll have live auction. We'll have dinner, beer and wine, dancing. We always have a band from Dallas Mm -hmm. come in. Um, We just try to have a good night, actually. It's just a fun evening. We try to throw a little bit of awareness in there about this is the cause and this is child abuse does happen here in Lamar County. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also try to keep it very upbeat and uplifting and just a great fun night. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, okay, sorry, question. Um, so the CSC, is this Lamar County CAC or is this like Paris or what y'all's like, do y'all, what y'all's area? Area. Um, so we serve Lamar and Red River. Okay, okay. So there's actually 70, I think 71 CACs in Texas now. Okay. So pretty much every um, county in Texas is covered. I think there might be one or two down very south Texas that's not actually covered officially by a CAC. Um, But there's now about 71 of us. And is this a nationwide thing? It is. There's like eight, nine hundred nationwide, and there's even some international now. Wow. So it is, yeah, it's a huge movement, and this is this is the way child abuse, especially severe child abuse investigations are worked and dealt with across the country. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So do y'all, do you get help and resources from some of the others 
or from a national like we do so we have um we have a state accreditation and a state chapter which mm -hmm. is down in austin it's children's advocacy centers of texas and they are a huge resource for us on training and funding and um grants and things like that but they also do monitoring and compliance and that kind of thing as well because we they all have standards that to be a children's advocacy center you have to do these provide these services and be this way so mm -hmm. there's about um, 10 15 um, main standards and then we have a national chapter as well a national association and that's national children's alliance and they have the same thing they mm -hmm. will do um, standards that we that every cac has to meet awesome. Awesome. I think another thing that surprised me about y'all's organization was like how many people were involved. Like, mm -hmm. um, obviously, I have came, I've drove past your building, I've, I've visited it a couple times, but prior to those, like in my mind, I, I just I saw one or two people in there and just kind of doing stuff. Mm -hmm. But now that I've been involved a few times and in it, like, there's how many people, how many staff members, and how many volunteers do you? usually have in, just in the your, building in just your so we have um six staff uh, five of them are full-time one is part-time we have um, several volunteers many of them are interns through mm -hmm. pjc or commerce um that are working towards a bachelor's or um, master's awesome. degree so um and then of course we have oh, even though they're not like staff we also our, our team members are here quite a bit as well and usually it's that specifically law enforcement and child protective service workers awesome. will be in and out um, many times so any time we do a forensic interview those agencies are here on the premise with that with awesome. us watching that interview observing it but then also they just come by and you know help us follow up on cases or um, do their own work or anything like that so yeah at times it can be pretty busy around here that's fun. And so y'all have like two buildings and that we do yes why. yes that's why um yes in this building we're kind of in our second building this is our where we have our monthly case review meeting we have board meetings in here our medical room is here and then our also our um therapy room um awesome. which our therapist has started doing uh, sand tray therapy so there's sand like all over oh, the floor oh, in there <laughs> it's great um, okay, so how long have you been, it's director of the, of the mm -hmm. CSC, how long have you been the director? I've been um, the director, oh my goodness, five, six, six years? Six Since years. 2012. Okay. okay. So, whatever the math is on that. Now, have you, just going back to your story, have you ever found someone that you hunted down in, in like, like similar to how you were hunted down and brought them in to Ooh. be an intern? Kind of like I a, have not. Actually, that's a good question. Um, of course, having interns and things like that, I've definitely tried to talk with them about it, um, especially if they're interested in going into the field and, mm -hmm. and helping them figure out what pathways they need to take, making sure they know exactly what they're getting into, because it's not for everybody. It can be a, a hard field to be in. Um, but as far as like literally what my old supervisor did is like coming in and hunting me down in a gift shop, like no. <laughs> I've not done that. <laughs> They'd probably think I was nuts, which I thought she was nuts at the time too. It sometimes there's I don't know what it's called, but there are people who are really good at seeing mm -hmm. the potential in people. Yes. And then like and then placing them or helping them get to that potential. Yes. And that's probably was that person's gift, you know. It must have been cuz I've many I've wondered many times like why? Why me? Why why come find me? That's Did she crazy. shop there a lot? Did she, how'd she know you? 
she knew me. She had heard of me through just friends and um, and so family she, and stuff. She yeah. hadn't even met you before. No, she just no. Literally wow. comes in and is just like, "Are you Rebecca?" And yes, <laughs> can I help you? And <laughs> she's like, "Well, you know, you need to come." And I heard you're about to graduate, and you need to come do this job. I'm like, "Wow, uh, I don't know about this. Let me think about it." So it was wow. crazy. That it's very is crazy. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, that's neat. <laughs> um. Okay, so any big, I don't know, like future things happening with the CAC? Anything you're looking forward to? Hmm. I mean, it sounds, it sounds, I mean, it sounds odd. We don't really um, expand too terribly much. It's just more trying to make sure we do one thing and we do it to the best of our ability Manage and what, we what's do in it. Front of yeah. You. And we provide the best services possible. And so we're always trying to make sure and, and do more training and do more teamwork, um, mm-hmm. team building with our, with our, both our red river team and our Lamar team. Um, and yes, we've seen some growth last year. We saw about 25% more kids. And so I'm not sure if that's a trend that's going to continue now mm. or, if that was just an anomaly, although this year it looks like we're going to be about on see what we saw last year, which is over 200. It was like 215, 220 in a year, in one year, okay, which is crazy. Just in your, just here in, in Lamar and Red River, River. yeah, wow. yeah, 220. Wow. Um, and I think too, just getting more awareness out there about the center, but also that it does happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of trials lately. We've had a lot of pleas, so it seems like. Not us necessarily, but our cases are often in the newspaper. And so as much information as we can get out there about, yeah, it does happen here. And it's, I think before it used to be something that people, it it was hard for people to believe, especially if they knew the the families or the victims or the alleged perpetrators even involved. It was hard to believe like, oh, I know them. They would never do that. Or I know them, you know, that would never happen to her. Yeah. And realizing it does. Two questions. Uh, if somebody um, want, thinks they might in, like doing, helping, or being involved, or volunteering, how can they go about that? Who do they reach? Who do they contact? Mm-hmm. So they would call us, call us at the center. Um, our number at the center is 903-784-5787. So they would just need to call us. We do, um, because of the work we do, we have to do a, a criminal background mm-hmm. check as well as a CPS background check. So we'd give mm-hmm. them all the paperwork for that. And then we'll just talk with them and figure out how would they like to volunteer. Like I've got some volunteers that have one that just does IT for me. And so literally I call them and when my internet is down or my computer is acting weird and Mm -hmm. he comes and does all that. Um, I've got one that she was helping me um, work on database stuff. So it's not, it's not always a traditional sit at the front desk and answer the phone. Although sometimes we need that as well, but it's working up in the rainbow room and organizing and you can find that something kind of that thing. they're skilled in and then yes. place them. Yeah. Oh, that's, definitely. That's awesome. Okay. Second, if somebody, and then this may not fall directly under you, but I just want to approach it because we've been talking about it. If somebody is aware of, or is visually seeing mm-hmm. a child being harmed or, or is concerned about a child, who do they contact? Who do they go to? Mm-hmm. So they, um, they would need to call the 1-800 hotline number, which of course I've gone blank on. It's like 252-5400, I think. But um, it is, 
it is the one state hotline number and then from there it will get directed to the county that it's occurring in. The other way to do it is to call law enforcement. So call Paris Police Department, call the county. Um, because we have a team approach to these cases, if they call the Paris Police Department, it's one detective that primarily does those cases for the mm -hmm. police department. He will get with CPS, he will get with you know the county, he will get with whoever needs to, to, to be involved in the case and kind of pull the whole team together and start working on that case. Awesome, awesome. So. It's so sad that we have to think about this, but it's also so amazing that there's so many people willing to help mm -hmm. through, it is. through this kind of stuff. It is, and, and we, we're blessed. We have, we have such a great, strong team here. Um, we couldn't do it without our team because we, in working with each other, we're now all friends and almost family with each other, and we hang out with each other, and we really depend on each other to kind of get through those hard days and celebrate the good days too. That's awesome. Okay, uh, different topic. Okay. What's your favorite place to go in Paris, Texas? Oh my goodness. And it's not, it not it doesn't have to be food, it can be anything. Or event. It I mean, like thought it of could, food. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, can, you can do food. You can totally do food. But uh, it could be an event, it could be oh. just a, like a quiet place in Paris, that, like a secret spot. I guess that you don't really want to give your secret spot I know, away, I'm like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Actually, okay, so first thing that popped in my head was probably 107 just because oh. we've been um so my husband and i always try to do a date night at least once a week mm -hmm. and so lately especially with the beautiful weather that's kind of been our spot the last couple of unless it's raining um but yeah to me and maybe it's because it, it's such a neat environment and it's kind of quirky it mm -hmm. parts of it remind me of both austin and santa fe because yes. they're both kind of that quirky you know um yeah environment and so yeah and right just, now that's kind of my favorite spot we I'm just it. two weeks ago or three weeks ago i don't know when this one's coming out but we just had john bratcher the i know i know i was like here. okay it sounds weird but it really is yeah. so right now our favorite spot to go so yeah yeah and i i think he's got some plans to battle the weather um oh, that'll be nice so because yeah anytime we um I don't know, a couple of weeks ago we were there and it started downpouring and mm -hmm. yeah, sure enough, we, and we were in one of the ch the tables that was not covered and so. I can was... tell you this, there are a lot of people that keep coming in and asking him when he's closing for winter because that's been typically yeah. 107's, uh, like. Yeah, that's their thing. They close for winter. Mm -hmm. He is not closing for winter. He's not? He is not closing for winter. This will be interesting. So, uh, you know, whatever i mean i know for a fact he's got some things up his sleeve to mm -hmm. to battle that but like um yeah that that he's not it's not happening so if hmm. you love 107 it's gonna still That'll be that'll be nice okay i'll all... have to bring my parka and although i shouldn't say that it it gets cold here but it's not like snow sitting around you know or anything like that i was brainstorming with him the other day on different like many events he could have but and like have the it's obviously going to be cold but mm -hmm. it's like you know there's that like polar bear swim like when yes. you go out and swim in the cold i was like you mm -hmm. should do some sort of polar bear brew or something like that where you That'd be fun. you all dress up in parkas yeah. you're not yeah. really eating you more just come and like drink just beer have, yeah or maybe there's just some sort out. of like hot drink you could serve mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean i don't own a restaurant like that so i don't really know <laughs> me but, neither like, yeah maybe you have hot chocolate and other stuff you know like that'd be cool um isn't there like an irish whiskey coffee or something like that there is yes that's there warm. should be yeah that's warm and there's several i think 
There's probably several warm, like, so yeah, it's like, you could serve a bunch of that kind of stuff. And you could call it like polar bear mm-hmm. something, polar mm-hmm. bear 107. And, That'd be fun. You know, everybody dresses up in their warmest thing. It's not raining. It's not snowing. It's not bad. It's just like, cold. It's just cold. Yeah. But oh, y'all you, do cold different here. Yeah, I mean, I've never different. been to a place that's like covered in ice. Yes. That's crazy. I mean, New Mexico cold, you have snow, like just snow on the ground, not ice on the ground. Of course, the schools don't shut down for an inch of snow no. either. Like we, you know, it's a foot of snow and you still have school. You get a dusting here and it's like <laughs> I know. apocalypse. I know it is. It's kind of funny because I'm like, that's nothing. You can barely see a footprint. Let's, what's wrong with everybody? My wife is from Colorado. Oh and, yeah. She's know. the same way then. Oh yeah. And so I was there for four years. Um, and one year we literally had the Red Cross come in and it was considered a national disaster. It snowed so deep. It was I was going to say, how long, how much was the, how many feet? It was taller than cars. See, okay. That's some serious snow. It was, yeah. That's some I mean, serious ca- snow. Like, and the drifts would like, like you could be trying to drive mm-hmm. in it and, and think that's just a mound of snow and there's a car underneath There's a it. car under, wow. Because it like died wow. and then it snowed and then it, yes. the wind blew it up over it. And then it I mean, does, it, it was, drifts. Yeah. It's so, crazy. Like there's, I've driven in like whiteout conditions, which I never want to do ever again. It, it's just, it's just different. I don't know. And Kimmy's school would still be open. Yes. Oh, definitely. (laughs) And it'd be like, and half the school actually would be there. Yes. And you'd be like, why aren't you here? We were open. I mean, did you snowball a snowmobile in? Or what's like, what happened? What's wrong? Yeah. Yeah, And we get a lot, but I will say the ice is a lot. Mm -hmm. Like you can put some like snow chains on and they, 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 I mean, they have like, Colorado is prepared. They can sand roads. They like. They, they know how to, a, everyone knows how to drive in it. Yeah, everybody's used yes. to it. They have all the equipment and the gear mm-hmm. and the uh, processes to like deal mm-hmm. with it. Where in Paris, like, no I don't know that we've gotten like a legitimate snow in like three or four years. It doesn't seem like it now. Like, we might have got some dusting and we yeah. might even got like a little bit. But I remember it was like four years ago we got a big snow and I made a 10 mm-hmm. foot snowman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like Colorado again. It like, is, yeah. It was, I remember that year because it was so nice. Um, it just, it's different. And I'd forgotten how much snow was there. We'd gone back. We try to go back every couple of years. We'd gone back, um, about a year or two ago just to go skiing, mm-hmm. do a ski trip and teach my daughter how to ski and stuff. Cause she'd never been skiing. And I grew up, I mean, the mountains right there. I grew up skiing mm-hmm. and yeah, she was amazed. Like, Oh my gosh, there's snow everywhere. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the way it was. Like mm-hmm. there's snow from November through March and April. So we were looking at last year's pictures about this time because I had just had a son's birthday pass like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just had a couple other events that passed that we were like, able to look back and look at these pictures. And, and all the pictures were like in shorts and sweating. And, like That's we crazy. always have my youngest birthday party outside. Really? But it's been so cold. We, it has been. It's been rainy and cold. Huh. So it just makes me wonder, I mean, for the past three years they've been saying this is going to be the worst winter ever yes. this is be the worst and it winter never ever. is and it was nothing yeah i mean literally most of most of those we didn't even get snow period i wonder if this year will actually be the worst I one ever it got colder earlier and i feel like maybe huh. that could be a sign i don't maybe. know Not although if we have another what um a couple of years ago we had it where everyone we'd lost electricity for like at my house, it was like 10 days, which was crazy. Wow. I hope we don't have that again. Yeah. I could live without that. 
Yeah. I can live with more snow, but I'd really like to have electricity. And see, that's nothing That'd like nice. Paris is not prepared for. Mm-mm. I'm not I'm not bashing on Paris because I love Paris. You just, we don't ever get snow, so we don't have to be prepared for it. But mm-hmm. like, if it comes, yes. then things happen, like yes. the power going down and yeah. streets are really bad. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, it, it, it'd be like Colorado getting like 130 degree weather. It would, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. They're not prepared at all. And it, yeah, even the heat up there is different. Yeah. It's, it's not. 100 degrees, I'd, I don't think I'd ever remembered same. Santa Fe being 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. Of course, the mountains are there, and it, it, it it's a desert and kind of environment, mm-hmm. so it cools off tremendously at night. So, literally, you need a sweatshirt at night, even in July. Yep. But, yeah, 100 degrees in the humidity? Oh, my gosh. It's just different. <laughs> it's just different. I do remember thinking it was very green here. Here? Yeah. Yes. Like, so much so... I remember a friend of ours came from New Mexico to visit us and she was asking like, how much do you water your lawn here? Oh my gosh, it's so green. And my mom and I are both like, you don't water it all here. She's like, what? This grows naturally. Cause in Santa Fe, if you want green grass, you have to, to water, water it. Yeah. Otherwise everyone has like front yards full of rock, rock. Yeah. and cactus. <laughs> Cause that's what you did. Awesome. This is so much fun. Hey, thank you so much for being on sure. my podcast. This was sure. fun, right? This it wasn't was fun. Too bad. This was fun. This is not bad at all. Everybody <laughs> is so t- intimidated when I ask them, but it's really not well, that bad. It's a little like, yeah. It, and it, I'm like everyone else. I'm not that interesting. So right? who cares? Nobody wants to hear about me. Yeah, but who knew that like a random stranger walks into That's your, true. your That's business a little weird. or your, your place you're working mm-hmm. and and basically lays out your career for you. <laughs> that is a little odd, yes. See? Yes. Um, Very different. And everybody now, and, and my hope is like, and I've said this in multiple podcasts, but my hope is like next time someone meets you, mm-hmm. they're like able to talk to you because it kind of is an icebreaker. Yes. Like yes. they have something they I can talk so. to you about. So then that's easier to mm-hmm. say, what? Tell yeah, about I heard that. about that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's my, that's my hope and dream with these podcasts. Is cool. It, no, I, I appreciate being asked. I um, was a little taken back. So, but thank you. I, I'm. Well, me and Liam are I'm huge excited. fans of the CAC and Good. obviously your work here. And yeah. Um, yeah, we're just, I'm glad you were on the podcast. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. All right, guys. As always, we have a podcast every mo- every Monday. It's super early in the morning, so you can try to listen to it on your way to work and possibly on your way home because they run about 30 to 45 minutes long, sometimes longer. Um, and, you know, hopefully you're listening to this and liking it. If you want to find more information out, I have a Facebook group. It's obviously called Paris, Texas, a podcast. So you can search for that um, and join that. And I, I release like... Uh, like a few days advance, I tell you what next podcast is coming out, give you a little a little sneak peek, and then on the day of, I give you a photo just telling you that, oh, today's the day, go listen to the podcast, and stuff like that. So always be looking every Monday, new podcast. Um, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.